praise God for his presence amongst his people. I'm so grateful, so grateful. You know, God's people in the Old Testament, they camped around the presence. And that's how we need to live our lives. Presence of God's central, most important part, really, of your day. Not that he should be just a part, he should have the whole. But do you know what I mean? Like just that time set aside for him and for worship. Our true and living God. Well, praise God, PJ and I are in sync this morning, uh, otherwise known as in the spirit. We, I'm starting with John 10.10. 10. So if we could go there. Uh, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, says Jesus, that they may have life and have it to the full. Life to the full. That word full or fullness there means overflowing. More than enough, above ordinary. I like the sound of that. I like the thought of that. More than enough and above the ordinary. And of course, the enemy, he's out to cause the exact opposite. Not enough. Sort of bobbing along the bottom, barely getting by. Very ordinary. Restricted by our circumstances, restricted by every negative thought that he throws in our direction. And I'm going to speak, it's a kind of uh, continuation of the message PJ brought two weeks ago on winning the battle of the mind. Because who knows, there is one. Come on, if you've been born again for an hour, <laughs> you will have discovered that. Uh, winning the battle of, of the mind. And the good news is we can. Just, just turn to the person next to you and say, you can do this. You can do this. Your mind and my mind does not have to be a playground for the enemy. <laughs> not welcome in every thought, cozy up to it and listen to what it has to say next. The, uh, the, the scripture, Jesus says, don't give him a foothold. Don't let him even get a foot in the door. Uh, at the first thought or the first suggestion, we need to say no. Get out. I'm not accepting that. No, 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 no. To accept, I have a slide for this, to accept a thought from him is to open the door. It's never just the one thought from him. He'll bring friends. There'll be many others, and they're all negative, and they'll all take you down. But to accept the thought opens the door. We need to shut him out at the point of suggestion, the first thought. Um, if we do that, we actually don't have to have the battle of the mind. Don't, don't be thinking, this is it from here on in. I'm just going to have this war in my head. Oh, no. No. He's given us authority over the enemy. But my gosh, we need to use it. Otherwise, we're the tail and not the head. The enemy's plaything. No, we don't have to have this battle because every day he will give you a thought. More than one. Several. Every one of us have all sorts of thoughts he'll try and uh, convince us of, this is too much, or this is not enough, or oh, if only I were like them, 
I read uh, in a magazine a while ago, Compare and Despair. That's the enemy's game, that. Don't, don't go down. We don't have to accept those thoughts. Um, about a year ago now, I ordered a lamp. And uh, it was quite an expensive lamp. Let's call it an investment piece. <laughs> and I'd considered it for quite some time. And, uh, and I ordered it. I thought, right, bite the bullet. This will last a lifetime. It's amazing. I'll buy it. So I did. Anyway, next day, I decided, well, that was the wrong decision, wasn't it? Actually, thinking it through, I think that is a bad investment and a bad decision. So I phoned the company. I said, look, I am so sorry. Uh, I, I think I've made a mistake here. Has it been sent out for delivery? They said, no. I said, excellent. Could you cancel the order, please? Could I get my money back? This nice lady on the phone, she said, of course. No problem. I'll get that put back into your account. And lo and behold, good to a word, money came back. Anyway, about a week later, ding dong, lamp arrives. <laughs> and I looked at this poor delivery driver and uh, I said, I'm so sorry, that's not my lamp. <laughs> I explained the situation, I said, the money's been returned. If I was a less honest person, I could have taken that thing in. But I said, no, no, the money's back in my account. Uh, I'm sorry, you need to take that away. Or send it back to sender, right? As the song goes. The point I'm trying to make is the enemy will ding dong on your door, knock, knock. Take this. Send that thing straight back to sender. Oh, no, that is not coming in this house. That thought is not lodging in my head and causing me grief. No. Uh, another testimony I have for you, and this is fairly recent, it's only a couple of weeks ago, uh, no, months ago, I uh, knuckle on my middle finger turned pink, oddly, couldn't think why, and uh, strangely, it's like the bone starts to grow a bit, I got this nobble <laughs> on my finger, and I thought to myself, hmm, looks like your nan's hand. My nan had arthritis, my aunt has arthritis, my cousin has arthritis, and of course, what does the enemy say? Ah, oh, well, you knew it would get you in the end. No, no, I'm not having that. You can suggest all you like, you can point at symptoms. I'm not having that, no. Anyway, that was that. Well, it wasn't that, that was that at that point. But nag, it's like a fly, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like you swat it, it'll go away, but then it comes back. Oh, well, you know what that is. Uh, anyway, then I, I went for a walk with my dog, and I met this lady who was moving house. I said, oh, I thought you'd be, you know, I thought you'd have left by now. Said, oh, no, she said, it's all cancelled. We're not even moving. Her husband, she said, my husband, um, all of a sudden, he's riddled with arthritis. I said, I'm so sorry. Finished the conversation, walked away. I thought, no, no, no. You are overplaying your hand, devil, with this. I'm not letting that fear thought. I'm not suddenly going to be overtaken with anything but goodness. You know, I'm not having that. And as I walked away, I thought, I'm not 
swatting this fly off anymore. I need a sword for this. So just walking away, not having that, deal with the enemy. Lord, what do you say? Give me, a, give me something to send this off once and for all. And he just, he just said to me, my goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of my life. I will fear no evil for you are with me. So that's it. And let me tell you, ever since I've been using that, no more. It's just that nagging, niggling thought, fear thought. Haven't thought of it since until I came to think about sharing the testimony. But that's it, you know, done. But the first place you and I can lose the victory is here, actually. The first place we can lose peace is here. The first place you faint, actually, and feel like giving in is here with a thought. The enemy's entrance into our lives most often is with a thought through the mind. Uh, a thought, a suggestion, or say you have heard the Lord on something, he will say to you, but did God really say? He whispers, did God really say? Let's consider the facts, shall we? Let's reason this through together. Well, no, let's not. Because that'll end in tears. No, no, I will not be doing that. But if he can get you in the reason realm and keep you in the reason realm, he conquers you every time, always. So we need to wise up, really, and be quicker and stricter with ourselves. Where does this thought come from? Where is it wanting to lead me? Is this a disturbing thought? Or have I lost the peace of God? Really good questions, those. Two reasons we lose the peace of God. Number one, we're either out of his will or we're listening to the enemy. Neither are good. Neither are good. Um, I heard somebody say, if you've lost the peace of God, find out where you lost it. At what point? Either when that lie lodged and you started thinking on that, or somewhere along the road, you came out of the will of God, one or the other. Uh, but either way, we need to sort it. Repent. Repentance is a U-turn. You stop going that way, and it's back to Jesus and his way, his thoughts, his path of blessing and peace. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Let's take a quick drink. Love these verses. They're such important verses. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of his compassion, you know, in view of the fact he's a good God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to this, the pattern of this world, but be transformed, totally changed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. These are such vital scriptures. If we will live like this, 
verses 1 and 2 of Romans 12, make it our goal, we will be walking, talking adverts for the goodness of God, proving that God knows best. His ways are right. His ways are good. He's right and good and good and right. His blessing and favor on our lives. His wisdom in the decisions that we make. His peace guarding our hearts and minds when everybody else is losing theirs, uptight and stressed. But let's look at the process, because it's an important process. First comes the sacrifice, number one. People don't like that bit. None of us like that bit. Not my will, but your will. We can be so set on what we want and so set on thinking that what we want is good and right, we can't even hear. The Lord may be saying something else, but if you're so set, you don't hear his thoughts. So we have to be willing to yield. Yield and trust that he knows best. Second uh, comes the renewing of the mind, transformed by the renewing of our minds. Isn't it interesting that the renewing of the mind comes after the sacrifice? People want their minds renewed, but they're not prepared to sacrifice. Everybody wants the blessing and the good, pleasing, perfect will, but they're not prepared to do number one. If we will yield, trusting he's a good God, his thoughts towards us are not evil, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. His plans are to prosper us. Every department prospering, healthy, well, at ease. Sacrifice, mind renewed, you know what comes next. You'll prove his will is good and pleasing and perfect. One leads to two, leads to three. And you can't change the process. It's laid out by him and it works. If we want God's thoughts in our heads, we need to sacrifice. But if we will do that, we will prove, prove his ways are good. You know, there's a calmness to the will of God. It may not be what you thought you wanted. <laughs> Often it isn't. But there's like a, there's a calmness to it. There's a peace to it. And his blessing is on it. On his will, on his way. So we have the peace of God when we're in his will, but we can always, well, always, yeah, we can always lose it and we can also use it. You can be in the will of God, though, and still lose your peace if you're listening to the enemy. That's really important to notice. Most of us in this room, I'm quite sure, want his will. Really, you know, are seeking God's will for our lives. And you can be on his path of righteousness but still lose your peace because the enemy of your soul is speaking to you, listening to the lies of the enemy, his suggestions, his temptations, his lies. And they're disturbing, aren't they? I mean, they're tailor-made for you. <laughs> You know, they're personalized. They'll be very specific according to the things that bother you and are going to get your goat and really kind of cause you to lose your peace. And we need to recognize that the thoughts that disturb us, they're not our own. They're from an outside source. 
a spiritual source. And so we need to live alert. Eyes wide, spiritual eyes, wide open. He's a spiritual enemy, but we need to deal with him spiritually. Beer and a pizza will not sort it, tempting though it is. We need to deal with the enemy, then have the beer and pizza. Do you know what I mean? We can't deal with a spiritual enemy with natural means. We can't win a spiritual battle naturally. I was thinking it's like putting a bandage on your foot when you've got a headache. It's just not going to work. You're dressing the wrong end, you know? So we need to live alert. 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Be alert and sober mind. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Not me and not you. But who will he devour? Well, a believer with their armor off, their helmet of salvation off, truth not in their heads, the shield of faith down. The sword of the spirit in the cupboard. <laughs> and we need to deal with the enemy like Jesus did. It is written. You know, when the, the enemy tempted him in the wilderness, there were three temptations, but he dealt with everyone with the word. Interestingly, he'd been fasting for 40 days. The first thing that comes is turn these stones into bread. Personalized. He was extremely hungry after 40 days, and the enemy knew it. Anyway, the other one was, worship me, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. What you came for, I'll give you right now. I'll fast track you. You don't have to go through the cross. Come on. He's saying it to every believer. I'm sure you've heard it. I have. You don't have to sacrifice that. You don't have to take that difficult road. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's just go this way. Avoid the pain. Avoid the sacrifice. What did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. It is written, worship the Lord your God. Only him only shall you serve. Defeated him. Sent him off with the word. But look at Luke 4. For me, this is a really important scripture. Well, aren't they all? But in this context, Luke 4, 13, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. I find that a big reveal. He left him for now. He went away for now. But his plan was to come back later. So he's looking for these windows of opportunity. Let me tell you when you're tired, when you're under pressure, you're not feeling well. The lies and the suggestions, they start again in the hope that we'll agree with him. That's what he's looking for. Whilst the Lord's looking for our agreement with him, the enemy is looking for our... The voice you agree with is vital. It will lift you or it will pull you down. It will give you life or it will take it. Anyway, so he starts, you'll never be healed. You'll never win over this. You'll never have a happy, happy home. 
on and on. And when we believe that thought, if we believe that thought, we will be constantly miserable. Some people have the battle of the mind on the same thing for years, years. And they think to themselves, how long do I have to live like this? How long do I have to suffer like this? Well, let me tell you, with compassion, but truth, as long as you keep agreeing with the devil, you will suffer and you will live on Misery Street. Come on, let's not live there. Or what about this? You won't be happy until. So where you're living right now, you can never, never be happy here. You can't be happy until he changes. You can't be happy until she changes. Or you've got a better this or a better that or whatever your window of opportunity is, right? Because thoughts lead to emotions, don't they? I can have a thought and very quickly make myself, or the enemy makes me upset. Thoughts will lead to emotions. And if we're not careful, that thought and these emotions will lead to a decision. Thoughts lead to emotions, lead to decisions. So it's really important, because those decisions, when they're from the enemy, will take you right out of the will of God, right out of his path of blessing and goodness and peace and all of his amazing provisions. So who are we listening to? We need to shut him down at the first suggestion, the very first thought, and stop that battle before it starts. One thought is not a battle, is it? You know, it can bounce on and bounce off. Uh, PJ used this quote, I'm sure we've all heard it, if a bird lands on your head, it's not your fault. But don't let it stay and make a nest for itself. So we can stop the battle before it starts because we don't have to accept these thoughts. I find it amazing. We can choose what we think about. How great. We can actually, we have power to choose what we think about and dwell on. 2 Corinthians 10. I'm going to look at 3 to 5. In my Bible, this is called the spiritual war, this chapter. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, our weapons have divine power, godly power, to demolish, I love that word, strongholds. Places of advantage that the enemy's gained. Because we haven't dealt with him and he's repeated it enough for us to believe it and agree with it. Right? We demolish arguments and every pretension or every deceptive thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take it captive. Don't you go taking me captive. I take you captive. Every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We don't have to be the devil's play thing. You know, like a cat with a mouse, chasing it and just tormenting it, disturbing it. The line of Judah lives in you. And the line of Judah lives in me. And we must rise up, pull down these strongholds. Thank you for that, amen. Every tormenting, disturbing thought, fear thoughts, depression, regression, things that take you back into a dark place, come on. 
Replace them with the word of God. And if you don't have the word of God on it, Psalm 91, call to me in the day of trouble. I'll answer you. I'll honor you. I'll deliver you. But for crying out loud, call to him. Don't just call to your friends or go and find, try a natural way of dealing with it. Call to him. Lord, what do you say? My head's just bombarded. I don't know what to think anymore. What are you saying? I need help. And actually, when I was preparing this message, I had a picture of a maze. We all know what a maze looks like. You're going one way, you're desperate to find your way out. I don't know why anybody would ever go in one of those things. I think it's awful. Anyway, you're desperate to find your way out. You just keep hitting walls. Walls. And so often it can feel like that in our thinking and in our circumstances. I don't know the way out. I, I don't know what the answers are. I just feel so down and fed up. But I don't even know why. I don't even know what lies lodged in my head. I just know I feel awful. Pray. Pray. Do the Romans 12, 1 and 2. Lord, I sacrifice to you everything I am thinking right now, every wrong thought, and even every right thought. You know, just I lay it all. I lay it all before you. I ask you to order my thoughts. Put your thoughts in. Give me new thoughts that will lead me out of this back onto the road I'm happy on, your road. He's a good shepherd. We must hear his voice. And actually, when you do hear his voice, you've got to choose to believe what he says. And your feelings may well not change immediately, but let me tell you, the more you think on what he's spoken to you, the more you pray it, your feelings catch up. They just do. Because that's how it goes. Emotions follow head. I know I'm miserable when I believe the enemy, and so are you. And I'm happy when I please the Lord. So I choose happy. I don't know about you. I choose to believe what he says. Think his thoughts. And I'm going to share with you a scripture that's helped me so much in recent years. 2 Chronicles 20. To give you the backstory, Jehoshaphat and Israel were having to go out to face the enemy. And the Lord spoke to him and said, you won't have to fight this battle. Ha! What happy news, what relieving news. Stand still. You will see the salvation of your God, or salvation of the Lord. And verse 20 then says this. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. That's you going to work. (laughs) Or, you know, come on, out into the world. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you will prosper. I love these verses so much. Because believing what he says establishes us. It makes us firm and stable, no longer like that sapling tree, you know, battered and beaten by the winds, uprooted even. Firm and stable, rooted. 
believe his prophets, that's those around you who will speak the word of God to you. And you will prosper. Believe in the Lord. Believe what he says. You'll be established. Believe his prophets, those around you, your faith friends, and you will prosper. If we want to be stable, who doesn't? And if we want to prosper, who doesn't? Prosperous soul, prosperous life. We need to believe what he says and believe the prophets. Believe people of God around us. And when I think of this verse, 2 Chronicles 20.20, I think of good eyesight. That's how I remember it. You know, I don't know if any of you have ever been blessed to go to the optician and been told you've got 20-20 vision. I never have. But anyway, mostly you don't go to the opticians because you have got 20-20 eyesight. But anyway, if you've got 20-20 vision, you've got perfect vision, right? You're seeing everything crystal clear as it is. Well, look, if we will believe the Lord and believe his prophets, we will see every aspect of life right, 2020. But we have to see through his eyes, look through his glasses. You know, not from a natural perspective, from his perspective. We have a big God, but we must absolutely trust him. And I mean 100% full back into him and what he says and his will. There was a man called Hector Jimenez. Jimenez. Uh, he was a revivalist. He came to faith camp many years ago. I think it was probably the early 90s. And every time he stepped on the platform with a big smile on his face, he would say to the crowd, who's here? And they would shout back, Jesus! Next question. How big is he? This big. Okay. I'm going to do that this morning. So church, who's here? Jesus. How big is he? This big. Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't know if you'd do it with such enthusiasm. He lives in you. He's here. What can he not do? What can he not change? Nothing's impossible for our God. But, and this is a big but, he needs our agreement. What can he not do in your life? What can he not change, the God of the universe? Nothing provided he has our agreement. Heart and head agreement. Remember, you can have heaven in your heart and hell in your head. Enemy's thoughts in your head. So we need to upgrade our thinking, do we not? One thought at a time. And it really is that way, one thought at a time. When you, when you think, oh, I've got to upgrade, you're overwhelmed with it. Where do I even begin? We'll do it one thought at a time. Is this thought a God thought? No, kick it out. Is that thought a God thought? Yes. Have a party, you know? Because some of your mind's been renewed, but we need the 100% renewal. If you're stressed... If you're miserable, if you're agitated, you've not got God thoughts up here about your circumstances, your present circumstances, or even about somebody else, let me just say. The enemy inspires agitating thoughts about other people, doesn't he? Just winds you up. 
more you think about it, more kind of irritated you get. Well, I wouldn't have said that, and I wouldn't have done that. I certainly wouldn't have handled it like that. You just get a little bit annoyed. You continue to think on, you get even more annoyed. Now, look, if they've sinned, you forgive. And if you need to, it's a Matthew 18, you go to them. But you go to them in the right way, don't you, to win your brother or sister back. Relationship restored. But let me share this thought with you. Could it just be that they're different to you? Yes. Come on. Different strengths, different gifts. Not yours. They have their own. And they're different. They're not wrong. They're not lacking. They're just different. (laughs) No two people are the same. I celebrate that. I love, and the Lord loves variety. Just look at the animal kingdom. The tortoise and the hare. I was thinking of a giraffe and a zebra. I love to think, do you know what I mean? How creative is he and how different. He's made the animal kingdom and the plant world. You know? Come on, how different we are as people. And so just because we're different doesn't mean it's wrong. You know, he's made us different on purpose. If you're sitting next to your husband or wife, just give them a smile. Because I tell you what, they're helping form Christ in you. (laughs) Oh, yes. Philippians 2, verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. And then it goes on to speak about humility. But I want to give you the amplified version of this. It says, let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, humble, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Not you should be like me. Because you get it wrong. Or maybe not quite as right as I do. Let's be generous with mercy. You know, mercy can change your life. Mercy will change your life. If you get good at receiving and giving mercy, oh, it is well with my soul. People who are not quick or generous with mercy, they live constantly irritated, actually. I'm not saying we ignore sin, just to repeat that. We, we deal with it. But in an attitude of mercy, you go to them in a spirit of gentleness and actually pray first. It's very difficult to be angry with people you pray for. So our minds are important. Isn't that true? It is. It's so important what we think about. Your mind's the pivot point, actually, either into the flesh or into the spirit. It's a hinge point. So we don't have to accept every thought for all let it in get familiar with it so it becomes a repetitive thought there's a I think it's Psalm 45 it says my heart is overflowing with a good theme well what's the theme in your head is it a good theme what's on repeat up here is it a good theme and if it isn't we need to destroy these destructive thoughts with the word of God and we can This is the good news of today, and I really hope you're getting this. We can, and we must win the battle of the mind. So this is 
the Jesus space. We've got to be intentional, church, because the enemy, our adversary, the devil, he's very intentional. We started with John 10.10. He's out seeking to kill, steal, and destroy an avenue in. Jesus has come that we may have life in all its fullness, but we've got to do it on his terms, his way. Do life his way. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to finish where we started, John 10.10. The thief comes only. That's the one agenda. And he's hell-bent on it, to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come, says Jesus, that they may have life and have it to the full. Life in all its fullness. Thieves are deceptive, let me just say, by nature. They operate in secret. They operate in the dark. We're going to pray that Jesus will turn a light on for us this morning. You may not even know what thoughts from the enemy have lodged, or maybe you do. But we're going to pray together. I'm just going to invite you to close your eyes and pray. In fact, first of all, what we're going to do, Jesus says... Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Once again, there's process in that. He doesn't just flee. So let's just take this window of time to submit ourselves afresh to the lover of our souls, our merciful God, our compassionate God, the one who has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Make it real. Speak from your heart, use words. Please don't be silent at this stage because this is important. It's really important. Just say, Lord, here I am. Lock, stock, and barrel. Body, soul, and spirit. I want to submit myself afresh to you. My thoughts, Lord. Fill them with your thoughts. I don't want my head to be the devil's playground anymore. I invite you to fill my mind with your thoughts. Fresh thoughts, preceding words that I can live by. Thank you, Lord. And why don't you ask him to renew your mind? You know, we're transformed, totally changed when we think his thoughts. Just invite him now. Lord, I want to be transformed. I don't want to conform to the pattern of this world, pushed into its mold, its way of thinking and doing life. I want to conform to your will and your way. I want to be soft, Lord, in your hands so that you can reshape me. The things that are set wrong in my head and in my heart, I want to be soft in your hands so you, the potter, can work on this clay and mold me into the shape that you want. Jesus shape. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And now, church, we're going to address the enemy because you know what? Just as the Lord's a spirit being and has ears, so is the enemy. He's a spirit being and he has ears. He has a voice and he has ears and he hears you. But we have authority over him. We're going to speak to him now in the name of Jesus. I can't do this for you.
But you do need to speak, and you need to speak out loud. It doesn't need to have to be long. In fact, it's better short. Just in the name of Jesus, I command you, whatever the lie is, get out of my head, get out of my heart, get out of my house in Jesus' name. That lying thought about sickness, about your finances, about your children, about your future. Come on, get out. In the name of Jesus, I resist you. I command you, flee from me. It is written, Satan, no good thing will he withhold from him whose walk is upright. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I just want to pray. Because you see the end from the beginning. You see ahead. You see round corners. Help us see. I want to pray for sight, Lord, for every person listening, every person in this room. I want to pray for your eyesight, that 2020 vision by the Word and the Spirit, that we will see not from a natural perspective, but from your elevated, high position. And also, Lord, I pray that we will be quick, quick. When the enemy starts with his lies, his temptations, his suggestions, that we will be quick to recognize the father of lies. He only ever speaks lies. There's nothing true or straight comes out of his mouth. Help us, though, Lord, to be quicker at recognizing that voice and deal with it spiritually. I ask this in Jesus' name. For your glory, Lord, and the blessing of your people, for the advance of your kingdom through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to Kingdom Faith. SW.com